you've written how many capsules for the magazine right now? As of now? As of right now. Oh, gosh. I'm probably pushing. I'm well over 300, I bet. Do you have one that you're particularly proud of? Man, I knocked out the Benavides capsule. <laughs> Eagle right. fans, you were in for a treat. Tepid step. Your premium Texas high school football podcast from your amigos at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. I am the Tep, Greg Tepper. And I am the Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, which is a package that is growing better every single day. Yeah. Um, New recruiting site. We've got so much cool stuff on our website. The, the archives are so awesome. The archi- like I'm, I know I get to see like everything we do. And I like have access to a print version of the 1960 edition, but still, the idea of like every time I flip through the 1960 edition, it's just like so cool. Like to go and I don't know, people don't write like that anymore. No, and the ads. Okay, if <laughs> go through there, and <laughs> the you, ads, <laughs> you will find some cigarette ads. Yeah. <laughs> It You'll was a different time. Greg. Find some whiskey ads. Yeah. Dave had to. Dave has put together a magazine. Look, man. He, Dave had to. Dave had to do what he had to do. Had to so do. you know, I, I don't. I don't. You know, I don't blame him. This is the and look where it's at now. And He's now, got and us two jokers. And now this is number sixty. We're yeah. putting together epi- or uh, you know the sixtieth annual edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. So it is. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, this is uh, another. This is. I guess we'll call it our April off season edition. I guess yeah, so. it's April twelfth. We'll probably do another one in May when I am pulling my hair out. So I, so I didn't tell this story on the air. No, you didn't. But you know, I, I guess it's a good subscriber story. This is a very good subscriber we, story. We were well, well, we were supposed to record Monday. We were supposed to record Monday, but, but you lost your I was, voice. I was sick. Yeah, I was in New Orleans, and I know what people. I was in New Orleans for a bachelor party, and I know what people are thinking. They're like, "Oh, okay, you were sick, huh?" No, I really was. Like I. Did not feel good the entire time. I didn't. You got sick while. You, that's what happened to me when I went to see my wife in November. Mm. I remember sitting in the press box in Flower Mound for Marcus and Louisville and thinking I had a flight the next day to Toronto, and mm-hmm. I started to feel bad then. Mm. And I got sicker on the plane and on the and on the trip. And that's kind of how you because you started feeling bad right before you left, right? Yes, I I was. If you remember, I canceled. We canceled the show the Friday before, mm-hmm. and I had a flight, so I was like, oh, "Okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll be you okay." Got sicker on the flight. Didn't I got you? yeah. I got more all sick those germs on the in that yes. confined area. Yes, it yep. was it was very very bad. And so, um, the so we didn't record Monday. So we didn't record Monday, <clears throat> and then we were we were we were going. We're, you know, we were go- say, "Okay, we'll push this. We'll push this. We'll push this." We decided to do it Friday. This was touch and go. We are recording this on Friday. Yes, it's Friday afternoon. Um, Friday afternoon we're recording this. But I can tell you uh, a little bit of a story about what went on Wednesday, mm-hmm. which almost cost us this podcast. It, it almost cost us the magazine, It Greg. almost cost us a lot. <laughs> so this was about 5.15 on Wednesday. I was here at the office hanging out. Just, you know, my wife called. My wife. And my wife. She called. And so... Uh, Ishmael and Shahan were still here, and so I ducked into the studio to take the call, have a little bit of privacy, and just yeah. talk to my wife. Talk to my wife about how whispering my, sweet nothings in her ear. Uh, by whispering sweet nothings, you mean discussing how our air conditioner is broken? <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. So 
talking with my wife, and I'll have to paint a picture. There are windows in our studio that you can see out into the uh, the rest of the office. And as I'm kind of come visit us, yeah. As I'm kind of talk, as I'm talking to my wife, not kind of, as I'm talking to my wife, I see standing over near Shahan's desk, over near the editorial bunker. I see a guy. I don't recognize him. I see him. And I'm like, okay. He's wearing like a polo and like khakis. I'm like, okay, um, okay. Well, it's you know, it's probably one of Shahan's buddies. Or I know that we had had. Um, somebody in here, like on a sales call. Like we have visitors talking. in the office. Yeah, we have visitors. In like the office. me, didn't think anything of it. Finish up my conversation with my wife after about five more minutes, and I go back over to my desk, and my computer is gone. Yes. So immediately I go, "Oh, I must have taken my computer into the. I don't remember doing it, but I must have taken it into the studio. Nope, nope. Basically, what I'm telling you guys is that my laptop was boosted. <laughs> yeah, you, your laptop got jacked. It got jacked. It got stolen from my desk. Yes. Somebody walked into our office. Because, I mean, our office is, you know, you can walk. I mean, when, during business hours, the door's open. The door's open. And I didn't realize that, that the other two guys had left mm-hmm. while I was in, you know, it's not, it was after work hours. They, they you know, they were, they were under no obligation to be here. And who would have thought that my, my computer would not be safe on my desk in mm-hmm. my office? So, uh, well, yeah. As a result, there was a bit of panic. Just a bit. Because you start thinking about, oh, God, what's on there that's not backed up? And thankfully, this is going to end up falling under the category of inconvenient and annoying as opposed to potentially devastating for the magazine. Mm, yeah. Because 90 to 95% of the stuff is backed up. The other 5%, 5 to 10%, it's going to be super annoying to get back, but... I can end up doing it. It's not that huge of a deal. So the lesson here is back your stuff up, people. <laughs> back your stuff up. Shouts to the guy who stole my computer. Yeah. I I will say this about him. If we find if I find you, I'm kicking your ass, dude. I will tell you. Yeah, <laughs> I am. You caused me a lot of heartburn. But the other thing I will say, I have a very small grudging respect for the the absolute. What's the word I'm looking for? cojones that it took because we made eye contact i saw him and he saw me i wonder if he even knew it was your computer or he just saw a computer at a desk with no one he i don't know what was going through his mind but he made eye contact with me and then he walked over to you to get to my desk you have to walk around Around. Uh and go get it and then he walked out and so we file a police report and all that fun stuff but anyway i have a new computer and the we we have begun the rebuild but in any case, we'll be stronger and better before it. We will, we will be. But it's uh, that's that's what's been going on around here. That's, yeah, that's yeah. in addition to trying to put together a magazine. Yeah, you texted me on on Wednesday. You're like, dude, are you going to be able to do the podcast on Wednesday? And I told you, let me see. Yeah, because I was like thinking you, you just had a mountain of work, and I was like, you know what, we can just push this thing to Monday. Yeah, we might have. For me personally, in my personal life, this time of year, Fridays and Mondays are usually the days that I can swing by the office yes. from my day job. So, yeah, so this is. Yeah. But anyway, there's story time. Uh, so this is your April off-season edition of Tap and Step, your premium high school football podcast. Um, and so... There's a lot going on. There is a lot going on. But before we get there, we have to start, as we always do, Matthew, with our Texas High School Football Fun Fact of the Week. Your Texas High School Football Fun Fact of the Week, Matthew. So there were a lot of games played in the 2018 season. At some point, I will calculate it. <laughs> and I guess it's pretty easily calculable if you take... The number of teams, UIL teams, so it's 12, 20, 
Well, no, it doesn't work because they some of them play private take, schools. Take the no, yeah, you take roughly. Ten, everybody plays ten games, and then you you know, then each playoff bracket has sixty three games. I'm gonna say there's roughly seven thousand games. It's a lot. Okay. It's a lot of games. That's seven thousand. And I was at no, I wasn't at that many. Okay, you were at a quarter of them. Yes, Matt Step. What was? I should I should clarify. It's it's two games that are tied. What was or were the the lowest scoring games in two thousand and eighteen? Uh, Both district games. Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah, that's a district game. Was one of them involving Cy Lakes? Correct. Yeah, I was like three to was it three to two? Three nothing. Three nothing, yeah. Cy Lakes beat Brian three nothing yeah. in week seven. Uh-huh. Can you name the other one that was also three nothing? We did not have any two nothing games. I knew Cy Lakes was one three nothing because Cy Lakes lost a really close game because they almost went to playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. It was their best year in school history. I wrote their questionnaire not too long ago. <laughs> That's how I know this <laughs> random fact. Uh, I can't think of the other one, but I knew Cy Lakes and Bri- I knew I knew Cy Lakes was involved in one. In week nine. Denver City beat Brownfield three to nothing. Ah, that's a pretty big rivalry out in Lubbock. Too. We did have two five games games that featured five points. Yeah, uh, Irving and Pascal was five nothing. Five right? nothing, and then yeah. Grand Celine beat Alba Golden three to two. Ah, there was there was, there was a three to two game. There was a three to two game. And which Grand Celine got that RBI single on the bottom <laughs> of the eighth to win the game. And then closed it out. Yeah. The closer came in. Yep. Yeah, that was. Uh, and then there were a fair number. Leveler one, Chaz two, came in. Five, five, ticket six, reference seven, there. Eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, there out. were 12 games that were 6 nothing, yeah. um, And then you get into the 7 nothing. I saw a 7 nothing game not a couple a couple of years ago in, per, in person. It was the quickest game ever. Well, and I, it was like an hour and 45-minute game. Well, the thing, the thing for me is that those games fall under one of two categories. Those games are either super well played, and it's just like, wow, these defenses are flying around. Or they're a mess. Yeah, they're super terrible. They're they're mine was super terrible. Disgusting. Yeah. So in any case, there is your Texas High School football fun fact of the oh, week. It's pretty good. I'm, I'm on my game you. still. Thank you. That's not bad. You got yeah. I mean, you basically got it right. So yeah. that's pretty good. All right. Let's get to uh, our off season edition of Tep and Step, and let's start with the place that Matt Step dominates, and that is over in the coaching change. Hashtag Step Bomb. Hashtag step bombs are dropping there are a couple. There are a couple. It's slowing down. It's not step bomb season anymore. It's starting to slow down. We but there's the, still a few. Yeah, we're in the waning days of yeah. step bombs. This is, this is transitional step time because I'm starting to transition into seven on seven yeah. and all that. Because, I mean, my first seven on seven tournament is in two weeks. Is it really? Yeah. At the, at the star. Okay, I've got to be honest. I posted the pool. Oh, Ish has the pools for that tournament. Oh. That so. gives me that gives me heartburn because that means that the magazine like is. Cl- I can yeah. tell you right now that we send this magazine to press f- in forty nine days, yeah. and that's so we said yeah it's, it, it's seven weeks out. from it's seven weeks from today yeah it's it's it's, uh, it's starting transitional uh, I just gave you the chills uh, sorry I just made myself nervous but yeah coaching April starts to slow down mm-hmm. you know and then if we have anything in, we'll have a few in May but it starts to you know really slow down well the it's, the, the um. The ones in May tend to be – once you get to May, that's when things are – like we're not talking – there are no run-of-the-mill coaching changes in May. You can still have a relative run-of-the-mill coaching change in April that maybe you've just decided not to renew a guy or maybe a guy takes another job. Mm-hmm. 
you can still have those. Once you get to May, yeah. that's when things get like we're talking guys who resign strategically in a way that will force the hand to promote the guy that they want. I think want the big to. one last May was when Jack Alvarez went to Copper's Cove mm-hmm. and then Ennis subsequently hired Sam Harrell. So yes. that was the big one last year. So the latest ones that I want to I want to kind of um you know, actually, I believe this was the last time we did this show, because this game, this job was held open a long time, and of course, it's a very, very odd situation in Alvin. Yes. Uh, so that uh, that um, Buddy Harden uh, stepped down after one year. Uh, they went zero and ten in Alvin. Uh, they go and they hire Kirk Botkin. Yes. Didn't you tell me they took like photos of him? Oh and yeah, were they tweet- were. Fo- yeah, it photos. was like full press release. He went to the school board meeting. And then somehow something happened after the school board meeting. I don't know what, but Botkin was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna, not gonna take this, th- not gonna take this job." Man, and so that got held open. Mm-hmm. And that they, was that was on February twenty fifth. Yes, and they around spring break. I was told that they had a guy, and I can say it now because he's not a coach. Mm-hmm. I was told they targeted Steve Van Meter, really, the former Hutto. Now the, and now Friendswood the, coach Hutto AD, I believe. No, no, he, no. he he's out. Of, he's not. He's, he's like not privately coaching. training quarterbacks now, mm. but he's like in the insurance business. Okay, but I, I was told they targeted Steve Van Meter. They had the guy, and he apparently said he was good. Where what he was doing? So, so but they have made a hire, and yes. it's a, it's a relative. It's it's a guy. You know, they're they're taking a guy who's also not a present high school football coach, but a guy who certainly has bona fides. Uh, in Tim Teagle. Yes. Uh, Coach Teagle is one of our good friends. He is a – we need to have him on Texas football today. You talk do. about a ball of energy. He is. He's a lot of fun. He is leaving the University of Houston. He got hired by Major Applewhite to be their head of high school Yeah, relations. he was the director of high school relations. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, that's a perfect, perfect, perfect for role him. for him. Mm-hmm. Well, he's going to get back. Obviously, there's a, a regime change there at Houston. Uh, in comes Dana Holgerson. We don't know what his status was going to be, to yeah. be real honest. It wouldn't have surprised me if he kept him on staff. But – in any case, he's now heading to Alvin, which is an interest, uh, certainly an interesting move. Yeah, and I think if there's anyone who can stabilize things at Al- Alvin and at least get – make no mistake, this is not a long-term solution for Alan. Tim Takel has been around a long time. Uh, he's, near, he's nearing retirement. He's not going to – this is a two- to three-year thing where he's going to hopefully stabilize things and lay the foundation in place for the next guy. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. What I'm really most interested to see with Tim Takel is what offense he runs at Alvin. Because yeah. Takel's run, when he was at Rosenberg-Terry, he was a spread guy for a long time. But as their talent, as as Lamar consolidated ISD grew and it cut into their talent at Terry, he had to switch offenses. And they were running, they were running the veer. Like wow, the old like school the Bill, Bill Yeoman. Because Takel is a Bill Yeoman disciple. Mm-hmm. They were running the veer. So it would be interesting to see, because Alvin ran the wing tee last year, so the veer is not a complete departure from that. So, I mean, it's, it's different schematically, but you're not going from the wing tee to the spread either. So I think it will be interesting to see what system Coach Takel uh, implements uh, with Alvin. Other other coaching hires that have come down since uh, we last spoke was another job that, that kind of, it got a little, it was, it was bordering on stale. And what I'm talking about when I say stale is, uh, when when a, a job comes open, to me, you've got about three weeks for there to be some movement. You've got it. You, you need to. There needs to be some some. A. They're getting close. Hey, they've 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 done interviews. Hey, they they, they feel like they found a guy. We need to be hearing those those rumblings. Is it fair to say about three weeks? That's that's usually about the the time frame 
that a normal head coaching hire should take? Yeah, I'd say three weeks to max six weeks. Max six I mean, weeks. we're talking three to six weeks. Anything longer than six weeks, and it's absolutely stale. Well, one that one that got close. It went the entire month of March, uh, but Brian Rutter. Yeah. Uh, was uh, Greg Morgan retired on April or February 27th uh, after two years there. And they go and they they bring in uh, Willis ISD Athletic Director uh, Eric Ezar. Yes, Eric uh, Ezar. He's, and he's, he's, you know, he's, I know his, his t- title is Willis ISD Athletic Director, but this is not a guy who's a stranger to, to the sideline. No, he was the head coach at uh, W.T. White in Dallas for a few years, and then before that he was an assistant at North Crowley. He was a longtime assistant at North Crowley. He was actually an assistant on their state championship team when North Crowley won the state title. So uh, Ezar's been around a while. I talked to Coach Ezar. Uh, you know, he told me about a week before that it was made official that he was getting the job, obviously asked me to hold it, which I did because that's what we do at Dave Campbell's. You know, we... If coach asks us to hold something, we will hold it. Um, and his big reason, I think, he, he, he has a son who's going to be a sophomore next year. Uh, he's a good quarterback. Uh, played some this year at Willis. And he just told me that the uh, the chance to coach his son was was too much to pass up. He had a great thing at Willis. Him And and, and Ezar was very complimentary of, of Mike Wall. And he was like, you know, Willis is in great hands with Coach Wall. I'm, wouldn't surprise me if he recommended Coach Wall be named the AD at Willis ISD. Mm. Um, very complimentary of Mike Wall, the head football coach at Willis. So he said Willis is in great hands. Um, the chance to coach my son was was just too much to pass up. So, uh, and it's not a far move. I mean, Willis and Brian aren't that far from each other, just sure. down the road. So um, I think that was the big thing for him was coaching his son. Uh, speaking of the Houston area, let's talk about another bit of of odd drama. A job that was um, a little bit more um, – that had an extra step in the way. And it's a school that you're going to see in week one, actually. Uh, let's talk about Houston Yates. Uh, oh, yeah. A program with uh-huh. a ton – of course, one of the – you know, a legendary program yes. down there in the Houston area. Um, Michael Watkins was placed on administrative leave in October uh, and, and was you know told he was not going to return. They had some issues with the UIL. They had to forfeit some games. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a black eye and embarrassment for the program. They go and they, they go and they make, I thought, a home run hire. They go and they bring in Patrick McGinnis mm-hmm. uh, from Fort Bend Hightower. And he's a Yates alum. Every, this ticked so many boxes. This felt perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got hired on March 8th. Three weeks later, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's announced that McGinnis and Houston ISD... It's not going to work out. Yeah, so talking to folks down in Houston about that, you know, depends on who you, who you talk to. Some folks say that Houston ISD didn't feel comfortable because they just let go of a guy who had UIL violations. Uh, McGinnis, at the end of his Hightower term, they got, Hightower got in hot water with UIL, had to forfeit a couple of games. Um, actually, they, they didn't have to forfeit because they were games that they lost. But he was put on like McGinnis. I don't. I think he was put on administrative leave. Mm-hmm. I don't think he coached Hightower in their playoff game last year. So, um, talking to folks, some folks. That's that's one story that I got. The other story I got was that Fort Bend ISD uh, that McGinnis's contract with Houston ISD was not going to be as good financially for Coach McGinnis as it was staying in Fort Bend ISD in a different role. So, mm. uh, just. Talking, you know, it's, it's some conflict, conflicting information there for sure. So, uh, yeah, it, it's de- it was definitely not a good look for for Yates or Houston ISD to to go through all this. But uh, it seems to be that they kind of stayed on brand because they landed on their feet. Because the, uh, the, the the hire they got is another Yates alum and uh, Michael Hickey. 
Yeah, uh, yeah Summer Michael Creek Hedgen, uh, yeah. running backs coach. Yes. So he's been with Kenny Harrison. Um, he's a Yates alum. He knows what to expect. I actually talked to Coach Hickey on Twitter um, uh, a little bit. He's very excited about the chance to come home and, and try to lead and turn around what is it, you know, a tradition rich program. And a lot of folks that come from Yates are very prideful um, of the Yates legacy, and so they want to try to try to restore that brand. So um, I think it's a good hire for Yates. Another job that came open that was, um, I'm not sure if it surprised you. Um, it's funny. Like, you talk about jobs that we kind of expected to come open uh, in Texarkana. Uh, I will tell you, it wasn't necessarily Liberty Ilo. Yeah. Uh, you know, we thought maybe, look, Josh Gibson's a very hot name at Pleasant Grove. Uh, yeah. A guy, who's, a guy who is. He's got the big schools. He's got the six A's coming out. He's him. getting phone calls. Yes. Okay. Saying, or he's making, he's, he is being he's forced turning to turn job, down. He's job. turning jobs. Like literally right. he's getting calls saying, please come coach us. We, we want, what do you want? Yes. And he's like, no, I've got he's a, saying, I've, I'm good here. He's staying at Pleasant Grove. Uh, well, the other, uh, uh, you know, what used to be kind of, uh, is that fair I mean, to say? Liberty Island's got multiple state championships. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to call it the Will flag. Middlebrooks, I was going, Michael James. I was going to call it the flagship. Um, Texas High still has a. T- I mean, they're still they're the biggest program. The, Texas High is still the team in Texarkana. Even I think great I, press box spread. Too, I think Ple- choice press box spread. <laughs> I think Pleasant Grove and um, I think Pleasant Grove could run off fifteen consecutive titles, but it would still be in a lot of ways. Yeah. It, it would be like if like if Longview Pine Tree ever got super good. And just mm-hmm. like started running off and, and winning things, it would still be a, it would still be a Lobo yeah. town. Well, t- you tell what t- do you think? Texarkana is a great football town. Those those it three is. programs in the, in that town that's pretty awesome. It is a great football town. Yeah. Well, Liberty Ilo has come open. Uh, Steve Wells is retiring. Yes, uh, he was. Um, let's see, he was at before he was at Liberty Ilo, where he was for five years. He's at Jacksonville, Mineola, Hooks. He's as an East Texas boy. Yes, he is. Uh, but Steve Wells uh, is retiring there at, at Liberty Ilo. Nice enough, by the way. Well, shout out to Coach Wells. Turn his questionnaire before he left. Appreciate that, Coach. Very much so. so Appreciate you. That's a job that, that's come open uh, recently. Um, other ones that spring to mind. Is there any, I'll, I'll give else? you a name to keep an eye on at Liberty Ilo. He's oh, not okay. coaching in Texas, so I'll throw his name out there. I've heard rumblings that Barry Norton, the former Texas high coach, Really? The only question with that is I've heard that name, but I'm like, he retired, rehired. He'd be throwing away some pretty good money because he's double dipping coaching in Arkansas. Because he, he's the head coach of yeah. Arkansas High, mm-hmm. so he'd be double dipping coming back to Liberty Ilo, and you know, well, he's double dipping now, but he'd be losing that double dip yeah. coming, coming back to Texas and coming out of because he's technically in the, as an educator in Texas retired. Yeah. So I've heard that name thrown out. Um, I, I believe it when I see it. Um. I think Texas Liberty Ilo would be, in my opinion, best served if they went after a a young, energetic, kind of a, a guy in that Josh Gibson mold, mm-hmm. a guy high energy, young guy is going to really connect and relate to those players. Yeah, um, kind of a departure. Coach Wells, nothing against Coach Wells. Coach Wells is an older guy, uh, kind of does things old school in his own way. And I think sometimes when things get a little stale in a program, you want to kind of change it up. And I think that would be a, a good fit for Liberty Ilo as a younger guy, more high energy. Um, that kind of higher fit would be good for them. We finally closed the book on the, or we think so, on the McGregor saga. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, t- credit to McGregor. I mean, I, I didn't think they would be able to get uh, a guy this quality, but you know, Mike Shields is a guy. He's a very, yeah. and, and he's actually he's actually a Wake. He's from Waco. He's a he's a Riker grad. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's from Waco originally. So most of his time had been spent uh, south of the Metroplex in Ellis County, Red Oak. He was an assistant at Italy for. He was a head coach at Italy for a while. Um, did his best work at Red Oak. I mean, he turned Red Oak into a third-round mm-hmm. program. 
um, did a great job, and it had some good years at Terrell. Yeah, I mean, they were, his second year at Terrell, they were eleven and two. Yeah, and he really spearheaded a lot of the remodeling of Terrell Stadium and the revamping of their facilities. So Terrell's in a better place, even though they're back in five A. Um, you look at their record last year; lost a lot of close games. You know, he's le- he's left Terrell in, in good shape, and Terrell will be a coveted job. But uh, Shields goes to McGregor, and I and I think uh, for him personally in his in his personal life, I think his wife's from that area mm-hmm. too. So it's a it's a good fit for him personally. Um, so you know. The McGregor thing, I mean, it, it ended up working out okay because Shields is a, is a good coach and a, and a respected name in, in the game. Just think they probably could have gone about things Just a little bit cost differently. Cost them a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then let's get into rumors and rumblings. Things. That I actually wanted to get, wanted to get it. I had, I wrote wrote a couple in jobs oh, down. You want? Yes. So let's talk about Sonora. Let's talk about Sonora. Uh, and this is a place that I, that that I said it on Twitter. To me, it strikes me as a place that is hard on coaches because they've had six head coaches. There's been, since in the last, I think, dozen years, there's been no coach stay more than three years. Mm. I mean, they've had just a revolving door of coaches there, and, and they've won a lot of games. They have good kids and, and, and things like that. But, you know, two years ago, David Sign goes 12-2, yeah. and two and he gets run. That's, that, was, that was the name I was going to bring up. He David goes 12-2 and two and, gets, and gets run. David Sign's now at Johnson City. Yes. But, like, yeah, that was, that was the one that always made me go, huh, what's going on in Sonora? Yeah, and then this time, Jeff Cordell, who mm-hmm. – this, this is a guy – Jeff Cordell's got a state cha- – he's been a Je- – Jeff Cordell has coached – has won a state championship as a head coach at Gainesville, by the way. We're not talking about, like, a chump change program here. No, certainly and not. And he took – Two years later, took Gainesville to the state championship game and lost to Wimberley. So this is a guy who's coached big games and has got a good pedigree. His first year goes twelve and one at Sonora. They graduate a lot, including Cordell's son, and they go five and six this year. Mm-hmm. Granted, five and six is disappointing, yes, but he gets he basically, in, in, for all intents and purposes, gets run out of there. Yeah, um, basically almost a forced resignation. So. There are some questions there, and talking to folks close to the situation in Sonora, um, it could be a deal with the talent. I mean, there's not a lot in the pipeline right now. The, uh, the one quote off the record that a coach gave me was is, is they have four and six talent next year. So now we'll see if they go four sure. and six. But um, it's just, he goes 12 and – two years. Five, I, I mean, he has one bad year and he gets run. Sonora's got – the thing is, Sonora's got um, great facilities. It's got really good facilities. Um, it's got um, a fan base that is very, very they're involved. They're engaged. A very yes. engaged fan base. Let's say that. Yeah, passionate. Passionate. Yeah. They passionate they, community. They want to win. Like this is not. This is not like oh, it would be great if we won. This is we need to win. No. That it, uh, Sonora, if you've never been, it's it's very much a quintessential kind of Friday Night Lights one horse town. Mm-hmm. In that everyone's at the game. All the windows are painted. It's one of those towns. It just seems like at some point you do have to say, hey, why don't we, um, I don't know, let a coach cook? Yeah. Let him, let him have a bad year here and there? Or, you know, or have some realistic expectations, too, because there are down years. You Absolutely. Know? And, and it seems like right now Sonora is about to go through a little bit of a down cycle. Right. And, and that's okay. That happens. That's, that's Especially what, in small towns. Exactly. Because you're going to have classes that are just not as good, not mm-hmm. as talented as the other ones. And, and by the way... You know, they're in a district with Tom Moore, who had a great year last year mm-hmm. out of Ingram, and Blanco. And 
those are two really good programs. Those These are two first round of playoffs to play Van Vleck. Yes, you know, they're having to go east to, yes. to you know play a team out of the Houston area. So, so for me, like it's 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 another thing. I keep I, I I know I keep hammering this home, but my whole the only thing I ask of high school program programs is to know know yourself, know what you are, know who you are, and have reasonable expectations, and don't hold necessarily. And I'm not I'm not putting blame for a five and six season on any particular player or any particular entity. But there are going to be teams that aren't going. You're not going to go ten and three every single year. Mm. There are only how many programs every year do you think realistically can say if we don't win ten games, it's a failure? Eight. Yeah, I mean, out of twelve hundred and twenty-six yeah. UIL programs, we're yeah. talking about eight. Yeah, Sonora is not one of those eight. Uh-uh. Okay, it's a good program, but my thought, my, my thing is. These school boards get it in their head that we were once good. As a result, we deserve to be good mm-hmm. every single year. And it just doesn't work yeah. that way in high school football. It's out of whack. Yeah, re- re- expectations and the reality seem to be a little out of whack there. So that was one. Uh, Somerville was another one. Oh, You talk boy. about a revolving door. This place, I mean. This is bizarre. Yeah. So the, some of the horror stories that I heard about Somerville, we're talking when two days started, they didn't have footballs. And talk about a situation in no filming equipment. That's a hard situation to be a successful. It's an untenable situation, and that's the reason why Sonora's had so much turnover uh, at the head coaching position. And now, I don't know if you saw that link I put in the Slack chat. This is this is truly bizarre. Yeah. So Sonora is talking to former Texas A&M Aggie and New England Patriot Ty Warren. Pride of, and and you may be thinking, oh, he must be an alum. Nope. He's from nearby Bryan. But he's not from Somerville. He's yeah. not a Yegua. The Yegua? Yeah. Yeah. You got it. Uh, he's, but he's from the area. But here's the other thing. He's not certified to teach in the state of Texas right now. Right. So in order for him, there, he's gone. I mean, this was reported by one of the TV stations in Bryan College Station. that He's gone in front of the school board to talk about the job. But right now he's not certified to teach in the state of Texas. Which strikes me. This strikes me as, as something, and I think I said it in our Slack chat, as Somerville targeting a, a name but someone who's not really in the coaching game who may not necessarily know better. Because it seems like mm. Somerville knows that a lot of the – if they bring in somebody who actually is a coach right now, they're going to have expectations and they're going to, they're going to know how things should be done and they're going to question how things are done in Somerville right now. Right. Whereas Ooh. they bring in a guy who's not a coach, who's not been in education, he may not necessarily know – he may think this is normal. So, which if you're Somerville, it's probably smart to do because if, if your situation is a big, as big of a dumpster fire as it appears to be. Yeah. So that was one that really uh, caught me off guard. I was like, wow, that's a very odd thing I didn't re- expect to read. The two, two-time two Super Bowl champion, though. And, yeah. I mean, know. he'd be a big name. I mean, A big name, but it's like, and, and, and Ty Warren was a great player. He was an unbelievable player at yeah. Bryant and an unbelievable player at a and I don't think he has any coaching experience. So. Right. I don't, like, like. There are a lot of guys who are great players who end up like not being great coaches. Yeah. Somerville, Mike, you know who you know who got their head coaching start at Somerville? Claude Mathis. Maybe they should call Claude. That was Claude's I, first head coaching job was at Somerville. I owe Coach Mathis a text actually. Yeah, you were talking. Yeah, you, you, yeah. Coach um, Mathis Tepper's going to text. You, sorry, buddy. I, it, literally, his this, computer got stolen. Literally, he texted me at like four forty-five, and it was like, okay, I need to text Coach Mathis too. Maybe Coach Mathis knows. Who did Maybe it was Coach Mathis. Nah, nah, he wouldn't do that. He's he wouldn't keep, do that. No, but he he, he might know. Maybe he wouldn't he do it. Maybe he, he, maybe he's warning you. 
He's like, hey, man. <laughs> and he was warning you. That's what it was. <laughs> hey, hey, man, I heard, uh, let's see, now he's at DeSoto, so, so who, would, who would he want to frame for that? Um, Todd Peterman? <laughs> <laughs> You're a jerk. You're a big jerk. We're moving on. Um, okay. It's so premium, it's premium. Podcast. So give me uh, any 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 spicy rumors you got. Anything you got? Oh uh... uh, yeah, we'll talk about a couple. So uh, talked about Liberty Ilo. I should bit. I should probably I should probably say step does for for all the reasons that he was talking about whenever he found out about um, whoever was getting Rudder Rudder Ezar yeah uh, Coach Ezar uh, he can't tell you everything. But no. we'll give you a little bit more than he will on on the tweets. So Crosby, uh, they're down to t- they, Crosby has their guy, and I've talked to him. Mm-hmm. It is a current offensive coordinator on the coast. So we're talking Corpus Christi area. Mm-hmm. Current offensive coordinator, successful program. So I'm try- I don't know. So I'm, I'm I'm looking up who the offensive coordinator is at one school. I'm, yeah, I'm trying that. So well, I'll tell you. But the, but he has been. I've been told he has been offered the job, but he has not signed any paperwork yet. So. You know how that goes. First head coaching job, he's going to be very, uh, very hesitant to let paperwork is signed. Of course. So, uh, that's Crosby. You said this was a first time head coach? Yes, he's never been a head coach before. Uh, Cy Ranch. Okay, I think I might know who it is. Cy Ranch. Okay. They, uh, of course, yeah, that was another one, by the way, uh, we, we didn't mention, but that came down in, in between is that Gene Johnson yeah. went to Waller. I hinted at it, and uh, I know we talked about it privately in our Slack, but I hinted at it in, in the, uh, in the, this week in Texas high school football, which if you don't read this week in Texas high school football, what are you doing? What, like, if you're listening to this podcast, it's you like don't a read midweek that, like, staple. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, so, Cy Ranch, uh, the two favorites for this job, they brought in about 10. Uh, including one guy, uh, everybody that they brought in, to my knowledge, has some sort of tie to Cypher ISD. Maybe not currently, but they've been in the district at some point. Mm-hmm. So they brought in one head coach from Southeast Texas uh, who's been in the district, but he he did not get the job. Two guys that I think are really the ones to watch and that have not they have not gotten the call, they got the job, but they haven't gotten the no call yet. And a lot mm. of the guys have already gotten the no call. So two guys to watch out for. Both of them current head coaches, both of them at very successful programs, one in San Antonio, one in the Houston area. Okay. Okay. Both of them have previously worked in the district as assistants, so keep an eye on that. This is also very, very yes. spicy. Yes. Uh, Taylor uh, is going to name their new head coach on Monday. That will be a current head coach in the Waco area. They offered it previously to a current head coach not far away. Um, but he turned it down for personal reasons, and I think um, without getting into too many specifics, for good reason. So okay. I'll give you know that's a that's a good reason. But Taylor's gotten a new head coach. He will be named on Monday at the board meeting. Current head coach in the Waco area, small school. Okay, think uh, think two A three A. Okay, okay. Uh, Beville. This is all very fun. Beville has offered their head coaching job to someone, and it is someone who has been in Beville before, and is a current head coach in the San Antonio area. Uh, but he has not accepted, so I don't know what's going on there, but he has not accepted the job yet. Uh, also, uh, we'll go down to Ben Bolt. Ben Bolt, Polito Blanco. Yes, they were down to two finalists this week, uh, two, uh, two current head coaches, both small school head coaches, one in the greater Houston area, one in the San Antonio, kind of between San Antonio and Corpus, kind of on that I-37 corridor there. Mm-hmm. Uh, to my knowledge, the, uh, Head coach in the Houston area was I, – I actually just talked to him while I was driving in to the to the office here. He told me he has been offered the job, and he has also not accepted. 
Mm. Got to clear it with the wife, you know. Yeah, well, but this current this head coach is from that area of that part of the world. That court, you know, if you know where Ben Bolt is, Ben mm-hmm. Bolt is south of Alice on two eighty one. He's from that area. And then Marble Falls brought in three finalists for interviews today, and I've been told that their hire will be on Monday. I only know one of the finalists. Oh. And it is uh, former Lockhart head coach Brian Herman. Mm, he is okay. one of the finalists. Since he doesn't have a gig right now, I feel sure. like I can, I can name That's that he's yes. one of the finalists. But okay. I don't know who the other two are. So uh, they'll be hiring Monday also. So Monday we'll see Taylor be official and Marble Falls. And I expect we'll hear something on Cy Ranch early next week. And then Crosby, I think, will be official early next week as well. So, And I think I think Beeville will probably hear something. I mean, we'll, we'll, next week will be pretty busy. I think we'll get a few things uh, wrapped up uh, here pretty quick. Now, will these jobs cause domino effects? Because if these jobs mm-hmm. fill with current head coaches, we've got that domino effect that continues to go. So that'll be interesting. Stay tuned. TexasFootball.com. There's your and, – and you'll get the random step tease on Twitter next week, so of keep course. an eye on that. Yes. But, yeah, Monday night's always big uh, step bomb school board night because Monday night's a big school board night meeting. Yes, it, it definitely is. So keep an eye on that. Okay, so um, now we've kind of reached the end of kind of coaching season uh, proper, kind mm-hmm. of. You know, there will be changes from – we're not done. No. But – I would say that we are probably done with the majority. We're probably 90% done, right? Yeah. Which one surprised you the most? Okay, two. Two. That's fine. You can get two. And the first one's not really so much of a surprise that it came open, but who they hired. So we'll pull the, pull the curtain back a little bit. Mesquite Horn. Mm-hmm. Last year, Mesquite Horn defensive coordinator Tim Cedar got the North Mesquite job. Okay. Okay. Cedar did not originally apply for the North Mesquite job. Because he, I think, felt he, – he knew Coach Overton was either going to retire or go to athletic director, and he wanted to get the the Horn job because he was at Horn. Mm-hmm. Former Dallas Cowboy kicker team, Tim Cedar, by the way. <laughs> uh, what I was told was – I'm getting a uh, – oh, somebody's asking me about Cy Ranch and Twitter. <laughs> no. Do I know who got Cy Ranch? No. Uh, Tim Cedar, from what I was told, was told by Mesquite ISD administration that – he needed to apply for North Mesquite because the Horn job, if it opened up, was not going to be internal. Mm-hmm. Well, interesting. Yeah, it was an internal hire. Yeah, but it was an internal hire because two other guys turned the job down, and the reason why they turned the job down is because what I was told was is that the principal at Horn was basically very adamant that the current staff needed to be retained, mm-hmm. and the two external hires uh, wanted to bring in their own guys. Mm-hmm. One of those external hires was off the job as a state champion head coach this year. Audible gasp. Yes. The other one is a successful Metroplex coach. In fact, the, the successful Metroplex coach conditionally accepted the job and told me he at, at the during regional basketball. That's right. You told me this. He accepted the job and then, then two days later withdrew. <sighs> so that was one, This the, the, the way that hire went down because it was an internal hire. But then you look at it, the principal really wanting to – keep the staff makes sense right the other one that surprised me and this this one i think was a real surprise was a year early max catwinkle at lubbock cooper mm-hmm. going straight ad um i think lubbock cooper had a great year this year and they're probably gonna have a great year i think they have a chance year. to be really good 5a division as long as they're division and i think in, they're gonna be division one i think next realignment that's a fast that that corridor of lubbock south mm-hmm. going south there i mean cooper's growing 
You got New Home going from six man to one A. They're growing two A. They're they're growing like crazy. That whole corridor is starting to grow. So Cooper's probably going to be Division One next year. I thought Catwinkle Cat went to AD one year too early. So that was because I think Cooper was thirteen and one this year. Mm-hmm. They probably them and Ryder are the regional favorites this year. Oh yeah. So I think they could have another big year at Cooper. So that was the one that this I thought it happened a year early. Let me ask you because there's another thing, and this is not on our run sheet, but it's something I thought of. I heard. So one thing we're going to start. This is probably we're probably one thing you'll probably start hearing a lot about. Starting in June, July, at least after maybe right around or after seven on seven, is so next year's a realignment year. Mm-hmm. Uh, realignment will come out next February. Mm-hmm. Snapshot day will be sometime in October. Yes, that'll be a big day for us. That'll be a big day. You're going to start hearing rumblings about numbers. Uh, coming up here pretty soon. Yeah, started, already starting to hear about Corpus Christi ISD uh, redoing their attendance zones because Veterans Memorial is well over. I'll tell you Swelling. another thing to keep an eye on is out in El Paso. This is way off topic. but No, I this is what it. I want to talk about. So El Paso, they have in 6A, they have six teams, uh-huh. and then they have six teams in 5A Division One. Right. Okay. Well, Eastwood is their, – their school remodel is finished, and they are, Eastwood's got like 2,600 kids right now. They're going 6A. Oh, yeah. Eastlake is on the east side of El Paso, fast-growing. They're going 6A. Now you're down to four 5A Division One schools. Yeah, what do you so, do if you're the UIL? Because do, do you, you do start, a 14 district? Do you, yeah, and, do you do a 14 district, or do you have to – I mean, at that point, you're talking about sending – Lubbock. Lubbock mm-hmm. to El Paso. Now, here's the other unique thing is I've been told that the four El Paso schools that are remaining in 5A Division One. If they get wind that they are going to go to Lubbock for realignment, they're all four going to opt up to 6A. I was going to say. Now, do you have two six-team districts in El Paso and 6A? Yeah, that's what you got. And do. then, what kind of trickle-down effect? If you have two 6A districts in El Paso, how does that trickle down to the rest of 6A realignment? Right, because, that's, guys, that's where it starts. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, you know, you read a book. You start on page one. You you do realignment. You start in District One, mm-hmm. and you have to make that make the most sense. And 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 fair or not, the UIL is always going to start with El Paso. Yeah, that's how they're going to start. Because they have the most. They're the most isolated. Correct. And the travel is. Yes. So now you have El Paso. That and if one for, and two. That for example, if it ends up that it has to mean that a, that a Rio Grande Valley team has to go up to San Antonio, they they'd rather do that than make El Paso drive nine hours for exactly. a district game. Exactly. And that is fascinating. That makes that makes me think that they are that, that they're gonna opt up. Because they're not gonna what they won't I mean they won't there's never been a twelve team district. Uh, there's been an eleven team district twice. Twice. But not even that like they they will not like the UIL won't like Or would the UIL do zones? Would they have a twelve team district one and have two zones? That would be But a, is it Mike here's my question. Looking that, in the old that, that, the other fascinating, by the way, the other fascinating thing about the Dave Campbell's archives, look at some of the realignments. Dude, some of the realignments are wild. Those ass. are wacky. They so, are really weird. Yeah, look so, at some of that. So my question is, um, kind of on that topic, on that point, um, is is that up to the UIL the zones? I was under the impression that so for example, the only the only place I remember them doing zones was in Northeast ISD. Fort Worth ISD did it six to eight years ago when they had the big. Can Giant they, district. Can the UIL dictate that you have to do zones? I don't think dictate it. No, I think it's local. It's local. It's local choice. control. But I wonder if they do it. If they, it's just like a wink, wink, nod, nod. Twelve team district. But that's. But but your point is really well taken. That if you want to talk about the trickle down effect, 
if you start shifting things around in a serious way in El Paso, that has major implications in Dallas and in Houston yes. and in Austin and everywhere. So now Region 1 completely gets reworked because now Little, Little Southwest Conference goes to District 3. Mm-hmm. Now you probably take Duncanville. The District 8 probably moves out of Region 1 into Region 2. Mm-hmm. You probably have a team, uh, Austin District move out of Region 2 into Region 4 or an extra Houston. I mean, it throws completely... I don't know if it'll happen. I think, and I'm going to, by the way, a little tease, I'm going to be in El Paso May 3rd and May 4th so for the El Paso Coaches Clinic. I plan to find out a little bit more at the Coaches Clinic about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been told that, that that El Paso feels fairly confident right now that if they are they have only four teams in 5A Division One, that the UIL will give them their own district and they will round-robin schedule. They'll play each other twice in football. Right. As of right now, that's what I've been told. But if they start to get inkling that things are the wind's blowing another direction, you could see Del Valle, Chapin, Bel Air, and El Dorado all opt up to six A. That's really which would put twelve El Paso teams in six A, which would be super interesting. Very interesting. That's a little juicy. The, the only other one I heard, and I just I heard this from a guy with knowledge of the situation. He informed me that there are some worries in Argyle. About the number. That's all I heard. Just hmm. said that they... Oh, their TEA fir- numbers. Yeah, see what their TEA numbers say? Because that that's just... And this this may be out of left field. And he, may, he may not know what he's talking about. But I had heard okay. one thing that that there is a little bit of concern. Because Argyle's growing. That whole part... You go out, you live kind of that part yeah. of that neck of the woods. Huh. You go up to like Northwest... I, go talk to Northwest ISD. Go yeah. talk to them. They're ex- that whole area... Your wife teaches explo- in Northwest yes. ISD, so she's... Yeah. That whole area is exploding. Uh-huh. And I had heard that it may not... I, I don't think it's, it's like imminent, but like... They're going to be closer than they've ever been. Yeah, and you can always look at the TEA numbers because you can get like a grade by grade, especially in the, the single town districts because it's all the same school. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get a good grade by grade representation. That's why New Home. We were talking about yeah. New Home. That's why they went to six. They, that's why they went to eleven man two years early mm-hmm. because their elementary grades and their junior high grades are bursting at the seams. They knew they were, they were, it was inevitable, so they just went on ahead and did it. So. Yeah, I need to. You need to check that out. There's a well, TEA website you can look yeah. at the numbers. So. so I'm seeing this. This is their 1718 Campus Star Report, and they had 854. That would not put them close. But that was, that was last year. That's so I wonder what they're looking at at the junior highs, like their seventh and eighth grades. Right. Yeah. That would be something that's interesting. Anyway, that's just that's yeah. something I heard. Okay. Um, that's just a little rumbling that yeah. that, that may end up coming. Well, to early thing, realignment so. talk. A little, a little early. We, realignment. we for those of you who don't know, we're realignment dorks. Yes. <laughs> Next year, if you like, if we you like tap and step, out. my man, this is yeah. going to be your place. Okay. Um, let's let's move on to. Um, Something that we that I've been thinking about a lot. So the uh, state championships, mm-hmm. uh, we we crowned twelve of them a while ago. I don't know if you remember. Were you there? I was there. Yeah. yeah. I seem to remember. I seem to remember there being a big play at one of the, the end of one of those games. Something happened. So there are twelve defending state champions, and we are now getting in the. We're starting to get our first look at a lot of what these teams are going to be. We have an idea for a lot of them, but like mm-hmm. we're getting hard numbers. We're getting to hear what coaches think. We're getting to hear, uh, you know, one thing we ask on the questionnaire that I think is always really interesting is we ask coaches uh, to rank their district, to rank, rank their region, top five teams in their, in their region, and top five teams in, in the state in their classification. And what's very interesting, I always look at, I go look at contenders, and I go see how they ranked them. 
Because if they say we're the number one team in the state, then I'm like, okay, that's interesting. But if they don't, that's also interesting. 4A Division One's particularly good at this. Yes. Because, speaking of Argyle, I want to see what Todd Rogers thinks. I want to see what Scott Don... Sur- and Scott Surratt. Scott Surratt. Yeah. Don Hyde. Uh, all these guys, all these 4A teams. I want to see what uh, Jeff Walker at, at Liberty Hill thinks. Um, speaking I- of Scott Surratt. Oh. Don't be surprised at Carthage's Division Two next realignment. Really? They're pretty close. You look at the Carthage's numbers... Same. Sorry. Anyway, so off track a little bit. Point, we, it's what we do here. Point is, uh, I want to look at the twi- the ten state champions. I know you don't do six, man. I will tell you that from my perspective, um, that McLean is a good favorite to win another title. Ben Crockett's still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got him, so they got, got a chance. That guy. McLean's going to have a good chance to be back to win another title, and Strawn will have a fair chance to be back. Strawn, this was that that that. Mega that awesome senior class is now gone. Yeah, so tough. they'll have a fair chance. They'll still be. In, they'll start start the year top ten. They tell Miss Mary at Strong Strong's yeah. to uh, get the chicken fried steaks going. Get going. Get those, kids, get those going. kids beefed up. So that's that's how I would see the six man teams. But I know you don't do six man. Let's look at the the twelve the ten eleven man state champions. Matt Step here on April twelfth. Your completely and totally binding prediction. All right. <laughs> Who is most likely to repeat? Grandview. Really, that's interesting. I think I think that whole team is back. I totally, I totally <laughs> get it. That's not who I have. The Crownover kid just got a Michigan offer. The, They're right. The Crownover, the, the, the guy the, who caught the, the guy who caught and, the, the yeah. clinching touchdown pass. Yeah, he's got. He, he uh, Greg, our own Greg Powers reported today. He got an offer from Michigan. <laughs> it's pretty heady stuff. That's but stuff. their whole team is back. Yeah. And guess what? Their number one running back, uh, his name is Tremaine Goulet. He missed all the playoffs. He was hurt. He's back. They they're, might, they're adding him to the mix. <laughs> we said it. We said it right after the state championship games. If you liked Grandview, like four and, seniors. If you liked Grandview and Malakoff, guess what? Yeah, there's a pretty decent chance to see it again. Malakoff, I did. I did their questionnaire not too long ago. They've got a lot back on offense, but they do lose quite a bit from the defense. So I'll be interested. Their defense will have some rebuild, but offense they got like eight back on offense. I think. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Grandview, they had a lot. I mean, I think they only had six seniors total, and like only three of them played. Wow. So, yeah. That's Grandview, amazing. the okay. Zebras. Grandview. I'm going to go different. I am going, and this is a bit of a, it's, it's, it's crazy to call this a bit of a stretch. I'm going to go with Alito. But Alito is a fascinating squad this year because, in a lot of ways, this is the team that is, that, has always prided itself on doing the little things right. Yeah, they've had the super, they've had the Jonathan Grays, but if you're focusing on Jonathan Gray, you're missing the point because those teams also had great defenses and those teams had great offensive lines. Yes. That's the thing. Well, you take a look at the 2019 Alito Bearcats. This is going to be a team that they're basically college NFL or college offensive line Almost totally wiped. Yes, a lot of the, I think four of the five starters are gone. Their defensive line, I think, defensive line front seven. Yeah, the front seven is pretty wiped. Their Alito is not. I mean, they're unusually loaded at the skill positions this year. That's what's so crazy is that I know. Like again, it's weird to talk about a team that had uh, that that has Jason McClellan and had Jonathan Gray and say, oh, this is not a team that's usually predicated on skill position guys. But it's not. If you dig into it and you ask coaches what makes Alito so hard to beat, they'll say front seven offensive mm-hmm. line every single time. Well, both those have to be redone. Yep. As opposed to now, this year, you have a superstar running back in Jason McClellan. You have a quarterback who 
I was I did not have high thoughts. I did not think highly of coming off of his sophomore season, who had a terrific junior season mm-hmm. uh, in Bishop Jake Bishop. Uh, and by the way, a true number one receiver in JoJo Earl. Oh, and then the other one transferred in. Yes. Money, Money Parks. Money Parks transfers back, back. to Alito. Oh, and by the way, he's committed to he's just committed to Utah. That's all. I mean, Pac twelve, Pac twelve guy. But I think, and and you know, even with all these changes, and even with, I mean, it was who was did uh what Brazel said on on CFT today. He's like, hey, man, how is Alito going to handle that coaching yeah, I mean, change? Uh, hmm. Tim Buchanan. But I think Alito... Great guest, by the way. Brazel was awesome. Yeah. Oh, he's great. But I think Alito, based on having those skill position guys, and also the fact that they're in 5A Division two And 5A Division two I mean, they are not going to see a team in their weight class, in my opinion, until a semifinal. Yeah, last Maybe year... Maybe a regional final. Yeah, Reedy. I mean, Reedy was Reedy. really their toughest game. Mm-hmm. All last year in the playoffs, Reedy, Reedy gave him a better game. Uh, South, yeah. o- South Oak Cliff gave him a little bit of a yeah. Run. Reedy and South Oak Cliff were the two, and I think South Oak Cliff could be uh, in the mix again this year. But other than that, I mean, Reedy Reedy lost a lot. Yeah. I did their questionnaire; they lost a lot. So that is my so pick for most likely to repeat. You're mm-hmm. going Grandview. I'm going with Alito. All right, now let's make some enemies. All right, which team is least likely to repeat? <clears throat> Quero. I think that's got to be the answer. Quero. Uh, they, they, they lost such a good senior class. And by the way, Texarkana Pleasant Grove is going to be really good well, next year. Well, the thing about the getting th- past them, and then Silsby's going to be, Silsby looks great on paper. Quero, now, now, Quero, to their credit, might be the Region 4 favorite still, but I, I just can't see any scenario they win the state title next so, year. So, and that, that's to me. That's, the, that's what I'm looking at. I'm like, all right. All the other state champs, I can see a scenario where they can win a state championship again next year. I just can't see it. They're bringing back eight starters. Uh, total. You know, total. Yeah. Uh, or no, uh, yeah, eight starters total. Um, and, and, you know, you're talking about losing guys like Jordan Whittington, Kieran, Kieran Grant, Grant, Trey Moore. Mm-hmm. Uh, like an unbelievable senior class. They're going to be, you know, I think they're going to be a little bit, you know. Young. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is, this is from, I'm, I'm looking at their questionnaire right now. Uh, and uh, you know they, you know, coach uh, Coach Reeve is, is is a straight shooter. He'll tell you what he thinks. Um, they've got some offensive line coming back, and their front seven should still be okay. But from a skill position perspective, both sides wiped. Yeah, totally wiped. Yeah. And so I I think I agree, and I think that's got to, that, that's the choice. Furthermore, further complicating things is that West Orange Sharks going to be really good again. Silsby's going to be really good. Silsby's going to be really good again. And the, I think the Region 3 favorite, and I'm going to mention, I was going to mention it. Mm-hmm. I'll mention it now because I think one of our last things you're going to ask me who, who stood mm-hmm. out on my questionnaires, Jasper. Jasper is low. Like, look, look at Jasper's questionnaire and tell me what. Look Jasper what, was awesome. They got, they got eight, eight on offense and eight, they got 17 starters back last year. They went twelve and one last year, and they lost to West Orange Stark in the third round when their stud running back didn't play. Also, I mean, look, here's, Jasper's loaded. Here's here's the thing: if you want to look at, here's a crazy thing to say about Quero, and I love Quero to death. If you want to say they're not the favorite in their district, I'd believe it. Okay, they're in there with Navarro and Wimberley. Yeah. Uh, if you if you tell me that all of those teams, whether well, six teams in that district, if you're telling me all four of those te- all three of those teams are going to finish four and one in district, I'd buy it. Like I like Wimberley beats Navarro, Navarro beats Quero. Wimberley was Wimberley. pretty young last year yeah. too. Wimberley was down. I think last those top year. three are. Yeah. Uh, I think those top three in that district 14, 14? Uh, yeah, uh, thirteen. 
Uh, I think they're going to be really similar. So I think I think that's got to be the choice, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, that's every other state champion. I'm like, I can see a path. Yes, even uh, Newton. New- Newton for all they lost, I can still see a path for uh, Newton. Absolutely. Uh, that is going to be. It's going to be very very interesting to to see. But that that was that was something I was thinking about as we're kind of running through questionnaires because we're going to start doing our rankings here on on pages here in just a little bit mm. for the magazine. Spoiler. Um, okay. So by the way, I can tell you since you're on the Insider Podcast. That for the first time, uh, we will be expanding rankings again. Ooh. Uh, we will have for the six A, we'll list the top fifty. Okay. And for every other classification, uh, at least for I need to figure out how we want to do one A. two A through five A. Two A through five A, we're going to do top twenty fives in each class in Fancy. each division. So okay. we are ranking even more teams. Uh, okay. Final topic for the day, Matthew. Here on Tap and Step, let's talk about. Way too early sleepers. Okay. It's way too early to mm-hmm. be talking about the 2019 football season, but that's mm-hmm. what we're doing. And we're getting all these questionnaires in. And as we mentioned, the questionnaire is kind of a first snapshot of what these teams are going to look like. And obviously, some of the high-profile teams, we have a pretty good idea of what they're going to be. But inevitably, and I know you do it, because you are writing 500,000 of these qu- capsules. So I have uh, you, my uh, such kind boss, have assigned me not only D- DFW area, so you- Big metro area. 211 schools. Houston area. Uh, 180-something schools. And the Rio Grande Valley, which is the Rio Grande Valley's... That's about, it's like 40. Yeah. Something like that. Houston and Dallas. So I've got Houston and Dallas. So I've got a lot of... So my, so I've only... I've been pretty busy, so I've only been focused on those areas. So mm-hmm. uh, apologies to East Texas, West Texas, yeah. Austin. Well, Texas, I'm going like to handle that. Okay. I'm going to handle every other part of the state besides those. But inevitably, whenever you write questionnaires and whenever you get ca- uh, qu- uh, questionnaires and whenever you write preview capsules, there will be teams you go, huh? Oh, and we're pretty good. I know, I know I'm pretty good about it. If I if if a, if a team that stands out to me, I'll jump in the slack and go, hey, watch out for this team. Watch out for someone. I'm very big about that. So these so. are way, way, way too early sleepers. I've got four from scattered across the okay. state. I listed a uh, six, and I gave you okay. one, Jasper. Jasper's not really a sleeper, but just Jasper they, was really good last year. They jumped off the page at me that like. Like if you if I, you were to tell me Jasper is going to be our number one team in four eighty two next oh, year, I wouldn't. Dude, I Jasper, wouldn't disagree. Yeah, it. but here's the problem. But I think personally, Pleasant Grove was number one. You and I got burned by Atlanta last year because you and I bought a lot of Atlanta stock. They went to the quarters. They went to the quarters. But remember, uh, you remember when they started like one and four? Yeah. And you and I were like looking at each other like, ah, oh, crap. But they went to the quarters. <laughs> they bailed us out. The rabbits. The rabbits bailed us out. Thank you guys. Now Atlanta. I mean, but Jasper's twelve and one. They were yeah. they were twelve and one last year. Right. And they lose if if Hunt is it Mont- Montavian Hunt? I think is the running back. If he doesn't get hurt, they you might never be with Storm Stark again. But that's another. But so Jasper is one. Yeah, I got five others. Okay, okay. Give me so, one. We'll uh, go back and forth. All right. So you had this guest on mm-hmm. Hebron. Yes, I think Hebron is a. We're talking. They were good last year. I think we're talking a top twenty team in six A next year easily. Uh, Div, um, division two, they could, division two, and they could be the favorite. Region one, mm-hmm. division two. I mean, Amarillo Tascosa won it last year. They'll be in the mix. Arlington High will be in the mix, and I think Hebron's going to be in the mix. I think those are your, yeah. you know, and Cedar yeah. Hill. Yeah, and Cedar those Hill. are your, and, and you know, but Halton's losing a ton. Halton loses a ton. That's who. That's who beat Hebron. Geyer's got a lot back, but we're still a little shaky on Geyer. I'm we, gun we need shy to, on yeah, Geyer. Yeah, a little gun shy on them, but that, but it's wide open. Hebron, yeah. I could see them get, making a run. Right. They're loaded. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. South Texas. Okay. I'm going to go 5A. Let's talk the Somerset Bulldogs. I'm into this team. Okay. Seven and four a year ago. Uh, uh, you know, Coach Sonny Detmer knows his way around. They have 13 starters back. Most notably, uh, they bring back a ton on that front seven. 
Uh, that front seven's going to be really, really good. Emilio Cordero, uh, Adrian uh, Jamie, things like that. The front seven's going to be really good. They got a running back uh, in Hunter Hernandez, who was a 1,300-yard back a year ago. Um, I think they've got a chance uh, to make some noise. Got to find a quarterback, right? Got to find a quarterback. Because Dinkelman's gone. Correct. I know they're in a tough district. He played for 17 years at Somerset. He did. Zadok <laughs> Dinkelman. Zadok Dinkelman is a name you always remember because yeah. it just it, it's Zadok Dinkelman. I think Somerset's got a chance to be really good, and that's aside team. from Cal Allen, that district's pretty. I mean, Calhoun, I think, is taking a step back a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think Southside could be pretty good. Actually. Southside had a great year last they had a great year. year. They I won think their they first could... playoff game in school history last year. I believe. So, but I'm going to say, uh, especially okay. defensively, I really like what Somerset could be. Okay. That's one early season. All right, I'm going to stay in the, in the general DFW area. Yeah. I'm going to go for a small school. Mm. Keep an eye on Pilot Point. Ooh, they've got some history. They, I believe, have 17 starters back. A lot of skill talent back. Good amount of line. I, I, I actually, Pilot Point impressed me so much in their questionnaire that I have decided I'm going to go to Massey Stadium and cover a Pilot oh. Point game this year. So, Pilot Point, I'm coming your way in October, I think. So, I like it. Uh, keep an eye on Pilot Point. They were, they were good. They were a playoff team last year, but they've got a lot back, a lot of skill talent back. Um, I think the Bearcats are in for it. They're in the same district with Brock, and that'll be tough. But if you if there's a year to get Brock, it's this year because Brock yeah, is going to be, be down. Brock's lost a lot. Yeah, Brock's, so Brock's going to be really. If you're young if you're going to take a shot at Brock, get get your licks in this year. I'm going to stay in five A. Go to the South Plains, to the Plains Men, for a team that has a state champion head coach that I think they've been waiting. Wins the breakthrough. I think this is the year for Lubbock Monterey. Okay. I think can uh, they overtake Coronado? Four and six last year. I think they're I think they're going to beat Coronado. Okay. They've got the quarterback in Corian Bailey that I know that Coach Hutchinson really likes. They got a running back in Damon. Uh, oh my gosh, Demontrarius. That's it, Demontrarius Lacy. Uh, they've got a lot of guys coming back from this team, uh, and a lot of youth. Uh, this is a team that's going to be deeper. It's going to have a lot of experience. I think. Um, I think I think Evelyn Cooper is going to be pretty good, actually. Cooper was really young last Cooper year. Cooper was real young. Yeah. But I think I think one two in that district is Monterey and Cooper. Interesting. That's a, that's an that's a district that's going to be really interesting. That's a really fun district. Coronado is going to be Coronado. I think Dunham and Amarillo High is going to get them going. That's I a think good right. district. It's a really so. fun district. But I I love what Monterey has coming back. You know our buddies in Lubbock ISD. Uh, AD Mike Meeks and Assistant AD Jim Garfield have been. Uh, they, they they the offer is still standing for a. Texas football today to come to Lubbock and do a Thursday. Would they? Would they? Would they take Tepin stuff? Hey, I'll, I'll wonder, go to Lubbock. I wonder. Could we do like a like a Sunday or Monday show in Lubbock? So they they want us to come on Thursday for their media luncheon. See, that's, that's yeah, so I, know, good, I know. Yeah. They want you to come on Thursday. So they, media luncheon. They, they, like they, they, they told me that that Max is not have to not have to worry about a hard line. They will make sure Max is taken care of as far as the internet goes. I like so. Lubbock Monterey. Monterey is one right. of my picks. All okay. Right. All right. I'm going to go down to the Houston, general Houston area. Okay. Uh, my first one was Jasper. I'm going to talk about the West Columbia Roughnecks. Uh-huh. They have got a lot back. They were 6-4 and four last year. They, that was another one they that were jumped in that off the page. They were in that real brutal district. They went 6-4 and four, missed the playoffs, but they were in that, that meat grinder district with Needville and Sealy, and they all just kind of beat up on each other. Uh, I think El Campo. Is El Campo? No, it's the – Maybe. I can't remember El Campo's in there. Needville, Sealy, I think um, – uh, Brazos Port's in there. They all just kind of beat up on each other. But I think West Columbia's got a ton back. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep an eye on the Roughnecks. I think they are in for a breakout year. Let's go West. Let's stay West. 3A. No, I'm sorry, 2A. 2A D1. Can I interest you in a team that went 2-8 last year? 
That's, this, this is a deep cut this, here. This is a sleeper. This is a deep sleeper. This, is, this, is, this would have been like last year I was talking about San Saba. Uh, I think the fourth year for Kyle Freeman in Arizona is going to be a big one. Okay. They were super young last year. They bring back 17 starters from last year's team, including Abraham Rodriguez, who was a 1,000-yard rusher. They bring back another uh, another guy who was hurt most of the year in Sebastian De La Cruz. They bring back their super senior heavy. Um, I think this is a, a big – they have a big athletic senior class. And this is a class that, if they stay healthy, has a chance to – and by the way, I think Stanford could take, be taking a step back. Hawley's going to be good. Yeah. I think Hawley's going to be good. But you want to talk about a team that I think could go 2-8 and eight to, like, a 9-10 win team? 7-3 and, and go yes. two or three rounds I deep. think you're right. I think yeah. Ozona is that team. And he, Freeman's coached – I mean, he was at Bruni. He coached he Bruni. You know, great he stuff took him there. to the quarters, quarters. I think, t- two years in a row. He knows his stuff. And I think this is a team could be ready for the big breakout. Okay. Uh, Ozona, the Lions. Okay. They lost five Lettermen from last year. Five. Okay. Now, it's 2A Division One, so they don't have a ton. Yeah, but, like, but still. when you only lose five guys – that's yeah. pretty good. Okay. All right, I'm going out of the Rio Grande. My other area, i got two Rio Grande Valley teams. Mm-hmm. All right. First one I think is in for a bounce back is Mercedes. Yes, I, I totally agree with you. They were very young last year, took some lumps, finished in third in the district, I think. Uh, no, they finished fourth because Valley View made the playoffs. They finished fourth. Um, I think Mercedes is in for a bounce back year. I think you're right. And do you want my other one or you want you Yeah, go ahead and do your other one. I'll my other one, keep an eye on a team, the only team in the Rio Grande Valley the state championship. The Donna Redskins. Ah, yes. I think Donna six and four just missed out on the playoffs last year. They've got a lot back. I think eight and eight. I think is what they got back. I think they are going to. Uh, don't know if they're going to contend for a district title, just with Mission Vets and Brownsville Vets kind of being the two big dogs in that district. But I think Donna is going to be right there in the mix, and I think Donna will return to the playoffs this year. So keep an eye on the Donna Redskins. Okay. I'm not just picking this because I really like this coach because he's a gambling buddy of mine. Because we play poker, at, and I'm a degenerate gambler we play, too. We play poker at. I lost school. my ass in Albuquerque last weekend. I, I, I won well. in New Orleans. Nice job. I did. Well I done. won. I'm a I'm a pie gal poker guy now. Blackjack just I just, did, just didn't go well for me at blackjack. This is this is twofold. All right, but it, it, for two reasons: one, because I like the team, and two, because I think their district's going to take a step back. But I think Round Rock Westwood is is making the playoffs, and I think Round Rock Westwood has an outside shot at winning that dang district. Okay? Because I think Cedar Ridge is taking a step back. Vandegrift had a huge senior class. Yeah. They're getting they're getting hammered. Hendrickson, too, is getting hammered. Well, Westwood brings back 14 starters. They bring back a lot of the key guys at the key spots, right? Uh, you want a team uh, with a quarterback. Well, they got R.J. Martinez. He was the newcomer of the year who's all-district quarterback. They got him. You want a big offensive line. Well, they got a big offensive line. They got a 300-pound tackle. And, uh, They're always big up front. Daniel Lukowski is a three-year starter. They got a running back uh, who was who had like 1,000 yards, total yards, in, in Nate Anderson. They got a defense that I think could be really good stepping up in the front seven with Drew Goodall. I think, I think Westwood is one of those teams that went 4-6 and six last year. But through the combination of them being better – and also, I think that district kind of fallen back a little bit. I think it falls back right into where they are, okay. and I think they've got a shot to make some noise. That like was it. that was a di- that was a, a questionnaire that when I kind of read read through it, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. you guys have some. Tr-. Now here's the thing. I think that this is their playoff path is pretty tough, though, right? That's I mean, the thing. Region two, it would be very difficult because they are in District 13. Yeah, but I think if they just get in the playoffs, 
That'd be a success right there. Get that, the second round of that's playoffs. Get the second round of playoffs. That's what I'm talking about mm-hmm. as far as a team that maybe you're you're not thinking of. You're looking like at a nine and three. Yeah. I think season. I think I think you could be seeing like an eight nine ten win season mm-hmm. there for for Westwood if things break right. So uh, those are our way too early sleepers. Do you have any others that that spring to mind? I, I mean, I I could have listed a bunch, but those are the, those are the ones that jumped jumped off it's the a, page. It's a fun time of year because we we covered pretty much every major part of the state too. Yeah. We, we we hit every every we, little, we ticked every box. Good job, good job. So I guess uh, so yeah. So the next uh, few weeks for me, pretty busy. Yeah, you're, uh, these you're, last these are my last two kind of free weekends for a while because. Uh, April 27th is my first 7-on-7 uh, seven seven qualifier. Uh, the pools have been released. They should be up on TexasFootball.com. That's at the star? Uh, so they're doing uh, four of the pools. It's, it's a 24-team tournament. Uh, 16 teams will be at the star. Uh, because the Cowboys are resodding the grass practice field, they have to move two of the pools to Wakeland High School. So, they'll be, so, but, so what they're doing, the cool thing they're doing is all the Frisco schools are going to Wakeland mm-hmm. because they play at the star all the time. Sure. So the other schools that aren't usually playing at the star – you got some out of the area teams too. I mean, you've got your Metroplex teams, you know, Lamar, South Grand Prairie, Prosper, Plano East, Rockwall, um, those kind of teams there. But you also got Bridgeland College Station is going to be there. What week is that? Uh, two weeks from today, from tomorrow. Oh no, I'm in Austin for a wedding. Yeah, so that's my. F- and then I then I'm going to El Paso for the uh, El Paso Coaches <laughs> Clinics. So we'll have some El Paso coaches on Hell Texas yeah. football today. Hell yeah! Hashtag content, uh, and I'll. I'll eat some good food too. Don't worry about that. You know, we, and then we, after that, it's seven on seven. I mean, seven. The, then, then seven on seven. It's really, seven on seven. Season. From that May eleventh in Lorena, all the way to the state tournament. Every weekend, I'll be at a I seven might, on seven tournament. Yeah, I'm gonna come with you to one of those. I just got to figure out when I can get a hall pass. You and Max point. always will hit. I'll hit one. You, you you guys will hit one tournament and bring the camera out and get some interviews done. Now I think I got, y'all went to Northwest last yeah, year. Now I got child though. Yeah, child is a real. Real hard, harsh in my buzz. But you'll be at the state tournament for a day next year, I'll be at this the state year. tournament for a day, and, and then I have to go to mm-hmm. Arizona for a wedding. I'm sure we'll blow the – so you're going from, from you, one end of the sun to the you other. You know, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. I know. That Wednesday before – so state state 707 starts on a Thursday. Yeah. Uh-huh. That Wednesday when we're going to have to go down to College Station where we'll be there and when we normally do a nice, a nice dinner, uh, it's my birthday. Oh. So it can just be my birthday dinner. Yeah, we can just so and and how else would I want to celebrate uh, my birthday yeah, with us than with you, jackals? Yeah, we'll go to that steakhouse in College Station. That's that really good. Nice. We sat at the bar. Yeah, that's where Taylor said he had the best meal of his life. <laughs> it was a good meal. It was good. It was Ta- good. Taylor was oversold like, it a little bit. But I was like, he's like, oh my gosh, it's the best meal of my life. I'm like, it's a, it's good. Gosh. Pulling the curtain back, Taylor, who no longer works here, was the guy who brought hot dogs to <laughs> to the to, for lunch in the, in the, in the break room. Microwaved hot dogs. <laughs> uh, so if you just think it's all, like, yeah, that's that's actually a really good humbling thing is to is to like say if you think that we're all high and mighty, we had a dude here who was yeah. who was uh-huh. microwaving hot microwaving dogs. hot dogs, Aldi hot dogs at that, <laughs> <laughs> like low rent European. Yeah. But, but we, if you think we blew out 7-on-7 seven seven coverage last year, we're going to blow it out even more this year. Because now I think you and Max kind of have we're a lay, lay of the land, land. And Adam, our boss, has a lay of the land. I think we're going to even blow it out even bigger Yeah, last year. year was a bit of like kind test of run drinking from a fire hose. And yeah. now I think we know how to attack it. So yeah. it'll be a lot of fun. Make sure you get those air-conditioned golf carts this year, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to do it for this edition of Tep and Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. We love you very, very much. We will be back sometime in May yeah, to do we'll it. Do it in May. We'll do it on a Monday in May. Yeah, we'll do it on a Monday in May, if, as long as my computer doesn't get stolen. So, uh, Step, thank you for your courage. Thank you. We'll see you next time on Tep and Step.